Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And on today's show, we have Corey Barrier, a business sales coach out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Welcome, Corey. That's right. You're listening to BizQuick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. BizQuick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hey, Corey, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? It's good. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It's interesting times that we're going through, which I'm sure most people say that. Um, yeah, so it's super, super, I hope we will never see a time like this again. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody can agree on that. Um, so let's get into your business because you started recently and the pandemic's actually helped your business. Um, do you mind just kind of tell us a little bit what you do and, and what your year has been like? Sure. So I, I am a uh, business and sales coach and I have been coaching for, actually I've been coaching for uh, close to, I don't know, 15 years um, in different, different areas, right? So uh, for, a long, for a long time, I coached uh, in the health and fitness space. But, but more recently, um, I have stepped into coaching small to medium-sized businesses and the actual business owner. So there's two parts to it. I, I either work with an individual to get better, right, at whatever it is he feels like he's lacking in the sales side of things, or maybe it's a culture thing. And that's often tied into sales, right? So if you've got a great company, you've got a great, or got a great product, but your culture is, um, you know, and your culture is not broken, so to speak, or you have no culture, you guys may be shocked, but a lot of companies don't have a culture. And that, that breeds, um, uh, that, that breeds, um, I just lost the word, but um, incongruency is what it does. And it breeds incongruency. If, if, if the business owner is preaching core values and, 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 and we need to all do things by this way, but the business owner is not there all the time, then, you know, the, the employees sometimes, I wouldn't say go rogue, but they just get lax on those core values. And if the owner believes that the core values are what's being executed throughout his team, and he continues to act on that, then he may, maybe he's talking to a customer or a client and, and, and maybe he says, you know, I'm really glad that, you know, aren't you glad that we have a core value that's going the extra mile? And they're like, well, your guy came here and like, you know, tracked mud through my house and didn't clean anything up. So I don't know how you could say that. You see where there could be some incongruency there? Yeah. Okay. So tell us about how uh, the pandemic has affected your business. Okay. So, uh, for me, uh, what I did uh, going into the pandemic, um, I, I was not doing, I, I really wasn't, I, I didn't have a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients. And part of that is maybe due to the cancellation because of the pandemic, right? I mean, people, you know, if you're, if you hire a coach, typically you're into personal development, one, or two, you have excess cash to get better. Well, the a coach is, usually 
depending on, I suppose, what kind of coach you are, could be the first person to go. Um, and so what my experience with this is, is that I had to figure out during this time how to catapult my business into the, in, in, into the world that we live in as we speak, right? And that world is via Zoom, via, um, you're not knocking on doors, not that I was knocking on doors, but you're not going to people's place of business. You're not, um, there, there's so many limitations and quite frankly, with Zoom, I mean, that's what I've used forever. Uh, I have, I do go into, into businesses if they're local and coach the, whoever it is I'm working with, whether it be the team or the entrepreneur, um, but obviously that stopped. And so part of what has changed for me is I realized that I didn't have someone in my corner that would propel me to get better like I do other people. And so what I did is I went all in on, a, you know, a super expensive coach and not super expensive in the terms of because he was a big name because he's not at all. The value was there. And the reason I point that portion out is because it wasn't necessarily he was any smarter than me. It wasn't that he had more experience than me, but he knew what I needed to do to get my business in order. And so essentially what happened is, you know, I, I hired this guy and, and he helped me essentially book, well, book $35,000 within six weeks during all of this. So for me, um, it gave me some time to think. Um, and here's the other part to that is I also went and I did two ayahuasca journeys. And for the listeners that maybe they don't know about ayahuasca, it's an Amazonian tea that, that, uh, you know, typically you would go to Peru or you would go somewhere up in the middle of the forest and you drink this really nasty, nasty tea. And it's uh, about a shot glass full. And, and, and what it does is it, it taps into the pineal gland and, the, and, and it, I guess it produces DMT. Uh, I, I may not be saying that exactly right. I don't know the, all the science behind it. But it taps into the DMT into your brain and, you know, it's, it's so hard to explain. So I'll jump forward. Instead of trying to explain to you about the medicine, because I can't really explain that part, I can just tell you what it did for me. The first time that I went down, um, the one thing that I distinctly remember is I was on all fours and I was throwing my guts up, which is very normal in this scenario. Um, and I was looking around and wondering why I was the only one not either floundering around or throwing up or crying or laughing. I just didn't understand why I felt like I was kind of normal and everybody else wasn't. Well, what I realized in that moment was I compare myself to everybody around me. And I believe because it showed me that I compare myself with everybody around me is something that has held me back. And, and I've always done that. And, and, and just to give you a quick example is uh, once I got back from the experience, my, I was mowing the front lawn with my dad, with the lawnmower that my dad gave me when we moved into our house five years ago. And what I realized in that moment um, was that I've always compared myself to him at my age. So I'm 42. And I look at when he was 42, and he's always been more successful than me. So I've unconsciously 
um, not had uh, a super close relationship with my dad. I have a good relationship, great relationship, but it could have been a lot better if I didn't have that, I guess that, uh, I don't know if it was a fear, if it was, if it was just a, I, I don't really know what you'd call it, um, a roadblock, if you will. So do you think that, that, you know, first off, you know, congratulations on discovering that, you know, you've got this thing where you were comparing yourself because that's, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a weight lifted knowing now that you can, when you catch yourself doing it, you can kind of pull yourself back and, and work your own plan and whatnot. Do you, do you think a lot of um, people are in that, in a similar situation and can learn from, from your experience? Um, you mean, do I think that they should go through the experience? Is that what you mean? Well, no, I think you're more like in terms of like just reflecting and like, you know, figuring yourself out. Obviously, uh, ayahuasca helps, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, the ayahuasca helps. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yes, I do believe that. Um, you know, if you look around now and, you you know, you see, not, you know, and I don't know where you all fall with the mask, but maybe it's you walk into a store and maybe you see me, who I don't have a mask on, and maybe you judge or you think, well, why doesn't he have a mask or whatever the case may be, right? And so... Here's the other part to the second journey of, of ayahuasca that I think is very, very, very important to this conversation is that I, um, the second time around, I realized that, I, the, that the first time around, I tried to control the medicine. I wanted it to do what I wanted it to do and not what the, and the medicine will potentially give you what you, uh, you can go and you can go for a reason, right? X, Y, or Z to find myself, to read whatever. But the medicine doesn't necessarily give you what gives, doesn't necessarily give you what you want, but it gives you what you need. And lots of times, at least my experience has shown that it is, it's not always super, super clear, but this was, here was the second defining moment for me is that it said, you know, I realized that I didn't value myself enough to ask for a higher price, right? I didn't value myself to charge people the, what I'm worth. And that may sound egotistical, but this is coming from a place that I assumed everybody knows what I do about sales. And the fact is that they don't. And, and, and when I realized the value portion here, in, when I was during this experience, I didn't really realize exactly what it was trying to tell me. But because of the success that I've had since then, I absolutely understand what it was trying to show. Hey everyone, we wanted to tell you about our latest course, Foundation 52, that will be available on February 15th. This course is built to provide tools and techniques every week of the year and is designed to improve your small business. If you're thinking about starting a business, this is a great resource for you as well. We walk you through sales, customer service, disaster planning, growth strategies, and so much more. Head on over to SB Pace to sign up today. So, Corey, is there anything that you have learned from this particular experience that has given you insight into your previous business? So you, you had mentioned before we started recording that you had a business several years back that had failed. If you, yes. If you knew then what you know now, because of this experience, would it have, would it have helped 
keep that business going? Dude, that's such a great answer first and foremost. Uh, yes, it, it would have. And let me explain a little bit about what happened in my previous business. I went into business with a guy that didn't know anything about the business we were going into. And he had the money or he had most of the money and I had the knowledge, or at least that's what I thought. I thought I knew more than I did. Um, and I went into, so I opened a, a testosterone replacement center, right? We worked with basically a med spa. We had laser hair removal and Botox and testosterone, blah, 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 blah. I thought this was the end all be all. Like I loved what I was doing. Here's where I failed as the business owner is I let him handle the finances. And so what happened was after our first year in business, he came to me almost to the day and he said, I'm not paying you anymore. And he didn't, I, I couldn't even comprehend what he was saying because how, how could he not pay me anymore? I'm the only person that ran the business. He didn't do anything in the business at all. He was a construction guy. Like he certainly didn't know how to run a med spa. And so what had hap what happened was, is I didn't realize, but we were $350,000 in debt. And you probably ask, well, how the hell do you not realize that, Corey? Well, because I let him handle all the books, our bookkeeper, right, that held, that did the books for his construction company. Well, it's two different animals. So one thing that I learned is don't go into business with somebody if you don't really know everything, one. And two, Dude, you've got to be aware of everything that's going on in the business. And I'm not saying you got to wear every single hat in the business, but you need to at least know what the state, what, what your uh, P&L is every month, right? You need to be able to look at that. And I would ask for those things and get them every now and then. And from what I could tell, being inexperienced at looking at P&Ls at the time, I didn't really know from what I could see, it was just on, on a month to month basis. I didn't have an accruing six month, eight month, nine. I didn't have that. I just had on the month of May, we did this or we did that, right? We either lost money or we didn't lose money. And all intents and purposes, I didn't think we were losing that much money. Yeah. And that's, I mean, such an important lesson just in general with um, a lot of business owners, especially when it comes to finances, people, they just, they don't, they don't really grasp what's going on in their business and they, you know, they throw their head in their sand type, you know, thing, just, you know, hope that it's going to go away. Um, so after you found out that you weren't going to get paid anymore, I'm assuming the, the store probably closed not too long after. Well, this is where the story really gets interesting. Um, so to answer your question, no, it did not close. Um, I stayed around until the 15th of October thinking Maybe he was having a bad day. I'm not really sure what happened. And I, I was thinking he was going to pull his head out of, the, out of the sand, so to speak. And, and he didn't. So on the, fifth, the night of the 15th, then I took 49% of what was mine. And, I, and I, of course, I consulted an attorney and all that stuff before I did any of this. Um, and so they walked in to a rude awakening, needless to say, because, well, they didn't know what happened. They, they certainly didn't think I was going to do that. And, and, and so you can only imagine the call I got after that and the, the various calls and then attorneys. And so we had to go through a lawsuit and he sued me and all these things. And at the end of the day, I wasn't in the wrong. I owned half the company, period. And, and my attorney drew up the documents for our partnership. So I knew I was okay. Um, and so 
so we went through, you know, the courts and returning the stuff and all the things that you could imagine would go along with that stress. And, and here's, I think, where I realized my part in this whole thing. And it really wasn't about the finances, right? I mean, it was and it wasn't. The fine, yeah, were we in debt? Yes. Um, but really what had happened is I was so egotistical and so um, I'm the boss that I wasn't a good, I wasn't a, I wasn't a good leader. I was a boss. I was not the guy you want to work. Not, I wasn't a tyrant, but at the end of the day, like I just wanted what I wanted and that was it. And so, you know, on October 1st, when I found this out initially, I was supposed to buy my ticket to go see Tony Robbins. And I had visualized about it. I journaled about it. I knew I was going. And what broke my heart about him not paying me that day is I couldn't buy the ticket. And and I mean, I was, I was crushed. I'm not going to lie to you. And my wife made a deal or called into Robbins Research Institute, I think is what he calls it, um, and, 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 and told him the story about what happened. And, and they gave her a, a pretty significant discount on a ticket. And, and she, she called me at work, and I think it was probably October 3rd, 4th, 5th, somewhere in that vicinity. And, and she said, I need you to go to your computer and, and sit down. And, and, and I was agitated, you can only imagine. Um, and because I didn't know what she wanted and I was in the middle of something. And, and so I sat down and, and she said, I need you to check your email. And when I checked it and I saw that not only her, she had sent me the information from Robin's research, the girl from Robin's research had also emailed me. And, you know, um, this is the part of the story that, that, that breaks me up because nobody's ever, you know, I, I don't think I've ever had anybody do anything like that for me before in my life. And I've gotten pretty good about telling the story without, without shedding a tear, but I got to tell you, it really, it was just an important day and it was such a nice thing for her to do knowing that I didn't have an income coming in you know, and she just, but she just, she just knew that I needed that. And, um, and it was there that I realized that, that I was the chokehold on the business, that I was the reason that it didn't go well. Um, it didn't really have to do with the finances. It had to do with how I ran the business and, 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 and the way that I handled my employees and and not that I was a, a, a bad person I just tried to control everything back to the kind of the first of we were talking about the ayahuasca thing you know I didn't have enough insight to realize that until I went to that event and 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 he said something and it just hit home and I'm like god knows like that that's me that was me wow and yeah well, thank you for sharing that story. And, you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's nice to hear stories that are so meaningful to, you know, guests that they still have a hard time telling them. Everybody has a story like that. So thank you for opening up about that. And I want to tie it a little bit to 
you know, that importance of, so, you know, you had this business and you didn't recognize that you were essentially, you were the roadblock, you were the problem with the business and you didn't, it took you a significant event for that to happen. And I think there's probably a lot of people right now in a position where they don't realize that they are their own roadblocks, that they're, you know, it's easy to blame someone else. And we live in a society that really, right now you are rewarded for being the victim. Andy Frisella talks about it all the time, right? Reward, victims get rewarded right now. So how has removing or identifying that you were the roadblock for your business, how has that changed your life? Because I own my own shit now. I own when I make a mistake. Um, shit, I think sometimes I own it when I don't make the mistake. Just because I've got that, uh, the maybe it's you know the the habit that I've created for years. Um, but you're right. It, listen, you know, right now especially when if you think about the business owners and what they're going through and how their businesses are being crushed by what some people think is a pandemic, what some people think not, you know, it doesn't really matter what you think at the end of the day, businesses are still being crushed because of it. And, you know, I, if you put yourself in the guy's shoes that maybe didn't have that much reserves and, and, and then he, maybe he got the PPP loan and it floated him until now. Right. But things have gotten not haven't gotten a ton better since the PPP loans came through, and maybe now he's drying up. And you know the the, the stress alone from that can the stress of losing your business, your family, your house. Maybe you've got kids. Um, you know that can take a toll on on a business owner. And lots of times, I think, or maybe not lots, but but I know there are people that take that out on it. Like you said, you know, kind of like the victim mentality, why me to take that out on everybody around them. And, and I got to tell you, you know what, it, I've been down that path and it doesn't end well. And if you're struggling in business right now and, and it doesn't look like you're going to survive this, the last thing you need to do is create enemies inside your own company. And if anything, you, you know, and I can say this because I'm not the one getting crushed, right? And so, but you got to think about that because they, your employees, if you all, if you have employees, you're, they're getting crushed too, right along with you. And they're suffering just like you are, because guess what? Their reality looks a lot like your reality. It may not have the zeros behind it, but at the end of the day, they still don't have maybe a job that they're they don't know what they don't know if the company's going down and if you're acting like you know a crazy person that may be a direct indication that something's going south in the business and you got to think about that because your actions the way you speak and the way you talk to people can make a massive difference good or bad it, it really does. I mean, that, that's great advice there. Um, and since you've gone, you know, you've had some hardships and a lot of people are probably experiencing, you know, some of the problems that you went through a couple of years ago. Um, do you have any advice, like anything that uh, 
that people should kind of, you know, focus on or, or you know, work on um, to, you know, get through the tough times? I would say, um, you know, depending on what the business is, uh, you know, th here's what I think is cool about this whole thing, right? If there's anything cool about it, I would say this is one of them. It's interesting how, you know, all the schools close down, right? And, and, and now you see teachers not teaching uh, over Zoom or, or in the classroom, if that's permitted. And they're, they're going and they're, they're contacting maybe four or five families that they know that have a child of approximately the same age. And, and maybe it's people in their class. I don't know how they're contacting them, but they're taking school and the kids are coming to them and they're teaching five or six kids a day. I don't know what they're charging, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure they're making uh, more than they were as a teacher. So that's a great example of what somebody could do and take this thing and turn it around, right? Um, here's another one. Emily actually said this on a call. Um, I don't know how long ago it was, but it, it was a while. It was several months ago. And she said, you know, I have a, and the reason this hit home is my wife is a wedding photographer. And, you know, Emily said, well, you know, I have a photographer friend that's through their FaceTime on their phone. They're walking people through the process of taking pictures. And now I don't know how exact how it's working. I don't know any, but I thought that was pretty interesting, right? Because that's really outside of the box. It is. Yeah, it is. And for our listeners, he's talking about Emily Frisilla, Andy's wife. Yeah. Exactly. So is there, I, I guess that the key then is to look for the pivots for small business owners to find ways to pivot so that they can shift the way they're making money, but still be able to make money. Yeah, that, yes, I agree. And then here's another thing. I, 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 you know, I took out a small loan to make sure that I could move my business in the direction that I needed it to move. And I've got to be honest, it was really one of the smartest things that I did because it gave me funds when uh, it gave me enough funds to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had not taken that step, right? And so if you're thinking about trying to save your business or you're thinking about how to pivot, maybe an opportunity to do that is to hire somebody, not, I'm not saying hire me, hire somebody that can maybe assess what's going on in your business and give you some ideas of things that you could do differently because you know business owners are usually the smartest guys in the room right uh, some business owners but not all um and so if you think you're the smartest guy in the room well then you're probably not going to look for help and if you don't look for help guess what you're going to be the smartest guy in the room without a business so I would say don't be so smart not to ask for help because even, you know, even if you don't know anything about my business, you could see how I carry on a call. And I'm sure either one of you could say, Hey, you could have done this a little bit differently and it probably been better. Right. And that's just an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we need that. Yeah, that's really true. And speaking of asking for help, um, we got to start wrapping up right now, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, can you tell us how they would contact you? Yes, just uh, at Corey Barrier, and, and that's spelled with an E. So it's C-O-R-E-Y-B-E-R-R-I-E-R. -E -R -R -E -R. 
And then at salesceo.co is the website that I'm having built. Uh, there is a landing page there now, but the, the first one's all social channels and the other one's the website. Great. Perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes for the listeners. Fantastic. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Absolutely. My pleasure. I hope, uh, hope this was good. Well, if you want to connect with us, you can reach us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can reach us on our websites, sbpace.com and bizquickpodcast.com. Yeah, and absolutely subscribe to our podcast while you're out there. Like us and give us a review. And if you want to learn um, about anything in particular, you can reach out about topics you want to cover uh, that we could cover for you. Or if you want to be a guest, let us know. And we also have a number one bestseller book out there on Amazon, Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. And there is a companion digital workbook available as well. Yeah. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.